Welcome to Sovereign Self, weaving spiritual awakening with the fabric of everyday life. Your host is Zofia Renea Morales. We'll discuss and show you how you can achieve the highest potential in your life through divine wisdom and really live. Now, here is your host, Zofia Renea Morales. Welcome to another segment of Sovereign Self. Today we're going to talk with Dr. Almira Ariel Haller. She was born in France and raised in Ireland. She qualified as a medical doctor in 1994 and practiced in Dublin covering casualty, pediatrics, and psychiatry, as well as general practice until 1998. She left medicine following a profoundly transformational spiritual opening and began to work as an intuitive healer. She set up the Center of Love and Enlightenment as a vehicle to support the ascension process and to bring in frequencies of unity consciousness. She teaches soul contract reading, light body integration training for practitioners, and teaches and developed numerous spiritual and practitioner training and workshops and tools, which you can find on her website www.centeroflovenenlightenment.net and center is the British spelling C-E-N-T-R-E of loveandenlightenment.net. She lives with her son in Surrey, UK. Elmira's purpose is to remind people that they are vastly multidimensional beings and reconnect them to the truth and bring in the frequencies of unconditional love through joy within the body. Welcome, Elmira. It is a pleasure to have you with us this morning. Thank you, Zafira and for having me. <laughs> so that's a really impressive bio that you have there. And I know people tend to be a little intimidated by that because this is kind of the completed, completed work, so to speak, although it's never truly completed. Uh, so tell us a little bit about what that journey was like and where you started from. Mm-hmm. Well, from my perspective, um, it's not that intimidating. I'm, I'm a very ordinary woman, actually. <laughs> I live an ordinary life, even though I do extraordinary things. Um, my journey, I guess, started when I was in my teens. I developed an eating disorder. I was anorexic and bulimic. And with that, you know, there's usually a lot of depression. So I was very depressed. And of course, I was looking for ways out of that. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I can say directly that what got me on the path of growth was basically my own personal pain. And I know many people who are going to be listening, this is the same story. So in a way, when we look back, we can see that our own personal pain was actually very useful. It's a gift in many ways. It's a really sucky gift, but it's a gift. <laughs> yes, indeed. Hmm. So what was, what was your process like working through that pain and releasing it? I know eating disorders can be particularly challenging to, uh, to cope with. It's very, they're very complex, complex issues. And it took me a very long time to heal it properly and to understand it fully. Um, what were some of the big lessons or insights that that particular struggle brought for you? There were so many different levels of it. I realized that I had a big issue around being a woman. And in a way, 
anorexia, this happens for many people with anorexia. It started when I was 14, so my body was developing, of course. And basically, at some level, I was trying to prevent myself from becoming a woman. Yeah, because not eating will definitely slow that down. <laughs> well, it stops your period, you go all skinny, so you don't have the curves of a womanly body. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that so was. There was, whole, there was a whole part that was linked to womanhood and what that meant uh, in the modern world, and, you know, for me. Um, and I also realized it took me a long, long time to realize this that it was basically um, self hatred. Mm, yes. And a lot of anger. But everything was turned inwards. So, you know, a lot of teenagers get angry and they express it outwardly. So, yes, yes, they want to tear down society. And <laughs> In my case, it was all internal. Yeah. So, self-destruction. Hmm. And what was kind of the pivotal moment for you in that journey that kind of turned things for you? I can't really say that there was one pivotal moment. It was a series of moments or processes. Yeah? Tell me a little bit about some of those. Part of it was to do with following my inner drive, and I had a drive to help others, which is why I, I studied medicine. Mm -hmm. And I feel that that was a very important process for me to do that. It was very difficult. Learning medicine is not an easy, easy <laughs> work. A lot of work and uh, you see a lot of pain as well. But it's like I had to use all the strength inside of me. And I firmly believe that qualities are like muscles. So we all have these qualities Many of, many of them, and, but they're like untrained muscles and you have to train them to make them really strong. So in a sense, studying medicine and putting all this energy into becoming a doctor developed many qualities in me. It developed uh, patience, it developed strength, it developed focus, it developed persistence, many, many qualities. and. I, I find that if you're dealing with a lot of darkness in yourself, which is, of course, anorexia is a lot of darkness because it can lead to ultimate self-destruction. Yes. And I find that the only way to deal with this type of, this level of darkness is that you also, you have to develop positive. And in a way, when you develop the positive, it gradually counterbalances the negative. <laughs> so not many people talk about this on the path of growth. We talk a lot about clearing, you know, cleaning. But we don't talk so much about developing the positive in us. And that was a major, major process for me. And of course, learning to be a doctor teaches you compassion. You know, oh, this very is, much, yeah. This is the ultimate thing. You see all these people who are suffering day in, day out. And I didn't have any compassion for me, but I developed it for others. And that was 
part of my journey because then I just had to turn it around and direct it towards me. Yes, but that even in and of itself is a little bit of a trick. It it can, what do I want to say? I Self-love is something I've worked with a lot. And I, early in my journey, um, learned what I want to say. I suppose you could call it compassion, but sort of unconditional love for other people. Mm-hmm. And I found in developing my forgiveness muscle that it was helpful to find things to love about the people I'm trying to forgive, for example. Um, And then once I could do that, and it was time to forgive myself, I would kind of flip that love back towards myself. And I noticed like the first few times that I would try to do that, it would be strong, 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 and it would plummet. (laughs) Like, okay, let's go back and try that again. Bring it back up. Turn it around. <laughs> yes, I, I totally understand what you're saying. And I have very, very similar experiences. And as you just described, I learned to love bits of me first. Yes. So I learned to love, you know, the part of me that was caring. Because that, that's an easy part to love. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or I can love the part of me who's determined and focused. Or I can love the part of me who's patient. These are easier parts to love. Yes. Yeah. How, how did you begin to bring it all together? Uh, that's a hard question to answer. I think there was a really important moment when I got divorced. Mm-hmm. That was about 10 years ago, more than 10 years ago. And I realized that the person I was divorcing in a way embodied my mother and my father, all their negative traits, actually. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that seems to be a very common thing that we do. <laughs> yes, indeed. And then I was thinking about the previous partners, and they also embodied my mother and my father. And I was like, okay, so I need to break this pattern in me because I'd had it. You know, I didn't yes. want to do that again. It brings so much suffering with it inevitably, and I realized that the only way I could break that pattern was to actually love myself. Mm. So I practiced this meditation. It didn't come from anywhere. I just thought of it myself. I just decided, okay, I have to love myself. I have to apply my will, my focus, my determination, my patience, all these qualities, I have to apply them to loving me. So it became a, a daily process, a daily exercise. Wake up in the morning, how can I love myself now? Because very often the first thing that comes up in the morning was, oh, I'm already late, you know, I should have got up half an hour ago, already the guilt sets in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the shoulds and the rushing and the oughtas. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So... The first thing is, you know, well, first of all, I'm going to say, you know, I love myself for having the courage to get out of bed. And I love myself for having the courage to face the day, even though I don't feel up to facing it, and I feel challenged, and I feel scared, but I still have the courage to get up and do it. So it was that kind of process. And of course, anorexia, there's a lot of um, body distortion with it. Yes. 
I would see my reflection. You know, every time I go to the bathroom, there's always a mirror in the bathroom. Yes. <laughs> and some of us kind of try to tune that out of our consciousness and others of us are just acutely aware of its presence. <laughs> yeah. Well, I use the mirror uh, as an aid because I'd used it so many times as a, as a means of distracting myself. I decided, okay, I can use this thing as an aid. I can look at this woman and smile at her. And I can tell her, oh, you're so brave and you're so beautiful and, you know, I like you or I even I love you. That's wonderful. And I also did this practice sometimes when I couldn't sleep. I would uh, sit in front of my mirror. I have a large mirror in my room. I would sit in front of the mirror and I would look at my reflection and I would look at my reflection as if it's not somebody that I know. Ah, yes. And I would talk to this person as if she needed help. Yeah, as if she were one of your patients, maybe. Yeah, or as if more she was... A friend. More like a frightened child. Ah, yes. So I would say, okay, I know that you're not able to sleep now. You look a little frightened. Is there something that you'd like to tell me? And then the part of me who was the child shared what she needed to share. Oh, you know, life is frightening at the moment. There's too many changes. You don't feel up to the task. <laughs> that kind of thing. So it's, I discovered that I could create a communication with that part of me who was like the wounded child. And you know, to be honest, I think every one of us has that. We all have a wounded child. Yes, I would totally agree with that. Wounded and, and scared and angry and yeah, there are all kinds of emotions that those, those little children have. But and the thing is that that wounded child can be reparented. Yes. So it's, it sounds like a weird concept, but basically the adult part of us can reparent that wounded child by giving that child reassurance, love, support, listening to the child's fears, you know, and also giving the child space because often we don't give the child space in our life. And the child, you know, the child is very simple. Children like to play, they like to laugh, they like stories, mm -hmm. <laughs> they like nature, they like animals usually. Oh, yes. So it's about just giving the child space for that. So I decided also to give my child space every day. So give me an example of a way in which you concretely give your child space. Well, of course, I'm a busy adult. A busy adult is the part of me that's organized and focused and determined and all that. So all the, all the day during that, the child is kind of hiding in the corner, waiting. But at five o'clock, I switch off my computer and I say, okay, what do you want to do? <laughs> Very good. So maybe she says, oh, I want to go outside. Okay, let's go for a walk. And let's listen to the birds and smell the flowers and, you know, whatever it is. Or maybe, 
Oh, I want to go and talk to the cat and play with the cat. Whatever it is. Or maybe I want to go and play with my son. My son was much younger in those days, so he was very sick. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little less of that when they get uh, older. <laughs> oh, that's, yes, of course. But there's many, many different ways to give space to the, to the child. You know, and actually, if I may make a comment about you, Zofia Renee, you know, you've got this little curtain behind you with all these, like, little stars and stuff. Yeah. You know, that's the stuff that the inner child loves. You know, when you go shopping and go, okay, what are we going to have? It's like, woo, child in the sweet shop, you know? Yes, my, my inner child is sort of a, a magpie of sorts. She likes sparkly things. <laughs> Ooh, sparkly stuff, exactly. And I discovered also my inner child loves stories. And I didn't get uh, a lot of stories read to me when I was a little girl. So I read stories that I enjoy, you know, and I enjoy simple stories, family stories, stories about animals, you know, stuff like that. They don't have to be very complicated. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to put you on hold for just a moment because we're going to go have a quick commercial break and then we will be back. For all of you listeners out there in listener land, you can connect with me on Facebook at Zofia Renea, that's Z-O-F-I-A-R-E-N-N-E-A. And you can find Elmira there as well. Uh, she can be contacted under elmira.ariel.hilaire. That is A. H-L-M-E-I-R-A-H dot A-R-I-E-L dot A-H-A-L-L-A-I-R-E. And we'll be back from the break in just a moment. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers channel. There's a new force to be reckoned with in talk radio. It's not just talk radio. Hosted by LaTanya Jr. and co-host Tina Wynn and Tony Brown. Not Just Talk Radio is like a superhero. Inspiring, problem-solving, and informing. Packed with action-provoking conversations from news, movements, and social and politics issues. This program is about a wide range of voices and fresh points of view from experts, celebrities, and you, the listener. Not Just Talk Radio is broadcast live Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is on Instagram. Make sure you follow us and comment on our pictures from behind the scenes at our radio shows, live events, and around the network. We want to see what you have to share as well. Check us out on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio. We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. 
We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. And we're back. Thank you for staying with us through the break. We're here talking to Almira Haler about her journey from physician to actual energy healer. And we had been talking about nurturing our inner children before we went to the break, as that's been an important part of her journey. And sort of picking up on that, I know on many journeys there are setbacks that occur and Eating disorders, I know, are particularly full of pitfalls because every time you a mealtime rolls around, there are a lot of choices that have to be made about what steps you're taking next on the journey. How do you cope with the setbacks, the, the moments where you maybe didn't make the best choice or are having struggles that particular day in uh, caring for yourself? The same as I was saying earlier, just to love myself. Mm -hmm. So not just loving myself for succeeding, but also just loving myself. You know, even if I didn't succeed in everything I wanted to do that day, I could still say, well, well done for trying. Yeah. Good job. Nice try. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there's there's a lot to be said for being gentle with yourself around setbacks. The thing is, we all have an inner judge. It's part of the ego. And uh, that judge is often very strongly developed, probably because our parents' judge is also strongly developed and so on and so forth. And often the judge also has a stick. (laughs) (laughs) As judges tend to have, yes. (laughs) So the thing is that the judge, you know, in certain, in many ways, it has a purpose because it's the voice of our conscience also. So if we make, if we do something bad, we make a mistake, we have that little voice saying, hmm, that wasn't amazing. You know, <laughs> but um, I think it's very important to lay down the stick, just to be more gentle. It's okay, the judge is still there, and it's the voice, it's always going to be there, because what it's really trying to do, the, the judge, is it's trying to better us. Mm-hmm. So actually, it has our best interest at heart, <laughs> but its techniques are often a bit rough. Yes, and, and perhaps a bit misinformed. I know with my own ego, um, I started working with it almost like a uh, an enthusiastic, well-meaning, but poorly trained employee. <laughs> and so I will periodically have conversations with it about uh, its job requirement and uh, 
perhaps other methods to achieve similar ends. And let's look at, you know, what are the standards that we're trying to live up to? And is, is it really necessary? Because a lot of the, I found for myself, I don't know about you, but I found that for many decades, I was trying to live out a set of values that were out of alignment with what my true values actually were. Mm. Yes, that's very common. Yeah, and that takes us back just to listening to ourselves, like what is really important to me. Yeah. One of the, the tools that I've been using for 20 years is I keep a diary. Mm. And I think it's an amazing tool. It's free. Well, you just need a little pen and a paper, you know, a little notebook. Yeah, it's, a, it's relatively free, inexpensive. <laughs> anyway, as tools go. And uh, it's very helpful for clarifying what's important for you. And we are constantly faced with pressures from the outside world about how to behave, what to do. Uh, you know, even as a healer, there's always this pressure to promote myself even more and to get out there more and be up there with the Twitter and the Facebook and this and that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and well, why? You know, I ask my question myself, well, why? Why do I have to do all that? Does it feel like fun? You know, it's a good question to ask ourselves. Does it feel like fun? Yes. Because uh, a lot of the time, it doesn't feel like fun. I mean, it depends what kind of person you are. Personally, I find Facebook overwhelming and dispersing. It's, the energy is very distracted. Mm -hmm. Other people love Facebook. For them, it's a platform for self-expression. That's great. You know, we're all different, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's very useful to figure out, like, well, what is really important to me? And what does resonate with me? And then to stay true to that. Yeah. Uh, and not betray ourselves by going down an avenue which actually doesn't correspond to our, our own personal set of truths. Yeah. So just to... to back up a little bit because we've used the word several times ego it's probably worthwhile to ask the question what what is ego to you when you use that word you know there's been books written about the ego so i'm going to give a really simple definition <laughs> um i understand the ego as basically a bunch of programs which create a kind of persona which act as a kind of shell and the purpose of this shell is to protect the vulnerable part of us. And all of these programs and that shell are hinging on many, many wounds. So, for example, the basic wounds of not having received all the love we needed as a child, not having been heard, not having been listened to, not feeling like we matter, 
all of those, these are really basic and uh, most of humanity, I would say nearly all of humanity, has some wounds in that area. Mostly it's not our parents' fault. They always do their best. It's just they didn't receive the love they needed either. Yeah. <laughs> so it just goes down the generations, you know. <laughs> it's not about pointing the finger and saying, oh, mommy and daddy did, did a bad job. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, that everyone does the best they can with the tools that they have. Exactly. And so this, this what I call shell, is, is designed to, um, to protect that vulnerable part of us. So that's, for example, that's why we react. You know, we react with anger because we're trying to protect. Yes, because somebody's touched one of our triggers. <laughs> exactly. We go into self-defense mode or we go into lying mode because we're trying to hide something that's very vulnerable. You know, all these types of behaviors, actually, they're all based in a wound. Now, at a deeper level, uh, there's a fundamental part of the ego which is linked to survival because we are part of the animal kingdom. Mm -hmm. And as animals, we do not make our own food. Right. Plants. So we actually have to go outside of ourselves and find something that we can ingest. Mm -hmm. So part of the ego is this fundamental fear around survival. Right. Because we could be somebody else's lunch at any moment. <laughs> yeah, and also we need to go and find food. So there's also this fear around lack. Yeah. Around, oh, maybe there won't be enough tomorrow or the day after, you know. So there's this, the, the big core of the ego is around this. Hmm. Interesting. I know in the, the spiritual world, in the healing community, there's frequently a lot of discussion around uh, releasing your ego, or um, what I, what's the other word they use around that? Um, kind of developing up and beyond the the need for ego. Uh, what's kind of been your experience with what I want to say the the balancing of being a spiritual, multi dimensional, master, sovereign, soul, self, uh, but yet being in a body and having an ego running. All about balance. <laughs> of course, the less fear there is in me, the more space there is for love. It's a simple equation. <laughs> yes. So I'm focusing on developing my ability to love, love myself, love humanity, love God. And that means I need to work on decreasing my fears. So every day I work on decreasing my fears. Every day I let myself feel, where am I frightened? Where am I feeling uh, attention? Where am I feeling uh, a resistance, an avoidance? Mm -hmm. often, there is a, often we don't feel fear, actually, because we're avoiding it. Yeah, exactly. Well, and we do a lot of that if you yeah. look at the amount of, of checking out and numbing that goes on in society. Yeah, absolutely. So how do you – give me a, a concrete example of how you 
move yourself out of a triggered situation and back into more of a position of love. Somebody has, has stomped on one of your triggers. <laughs> well, it's also good to feel the triggers. You know, it's not just about, if we're always trying to just go back into the love, what we do is we do this thing called spiritual bypass. And um, it's a common process that happens on the spiritual path because there's this focus on developing co co positive qualities. So we, tr we, we avoid the nasty stuff. Mm. And we end up bypassing. So often it's actually good to really feel in the body because emotions are intimately linked with our physical body. It's mm -hmm. often good to feel in the physical body. Okay, well, what, what is this emotion? Most of us, we have learned to numb out. So it's a process to learn about emotions again and to learn their value. Because emotions are always giving us a message. They're like an intelligence system inside of us. You know, so for example, if we have anger, it's usually because there's something in our value system that doesn't feel like it's being honored. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, it can be current anger, so that's a current situation, or it can be old anger, which got triggered by the current situation. And often, the, often we have old stuff, you know, so part of the process is clearing, clearing all that stuff that we put a lid on. Mm -hmm because we didn't know how else to do, and mom and dad did the same, and their parents did the same. You know, generations of people have learned to put a lid on their feelings and emotions. So part of the process is actually taking that lid off and going, okay, what's in there? All right. <laughs> <laughs> and what is it you're trying to tell me? <laughs> what is it you're trying to tell me? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the emotions are, are really important. Not, it's not just to feel them to heal them, because of course you can feel them and then heal them, but it's also to feel them and find out, well, what is the message this emotion is trying to give me? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and because they, they'll kind of act like breadcrumbs along your, your path, yes. Exactly, it can be very tricky. So in my, in my 20s, I was working with a healer, and he was a very important person because it was in one of his groups that I had my first, I could say, spiritual opening. So his presence, in a way, held the space for this opening. So, of course, he was a very important person for me, and I, I valued him greatly, and I had huge respect. But then later on, I realized that, okay, he was this amazing healer, but he was also not fully healed. Okay. I'm going to pause you right here. And we're going to pick this story up after we've returned from the break. So everybody stay with us to get the end of this story. Thank you. We'll see you in a bit. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. 
It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee Guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers channel become a member of voiceamerica.com it's easy and best of all it's free start out by going to our homepage or any of our channels and click register at the top once you've created an account and signed in you can create your own custom library opt into our newsletter search by show host guest or topic of interest or browse millions of hours of content across all of our voice america radio channels membership gets you more visit voiceamerica.com today to get started and tailor the listening experience to your taste we don't follow we lead join us the voice america influencers channel you are listening to sovereign self with sophia renea morales we'd love to hear from you on the show today Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. And we're back. Thank you for staying with us through the break. We're here talking to Dr. Elmira Haller about her path through... Um, eating disorders and into spiritual awakening and her path as a healer. So you were telling us a story before we went to break about having a teacher who had not processed all of his stuff and who was not on his own healing journey any longer. So why don't you pick that back up for us and tell us how that played out? So it was a it was a long process for me to realize because um, basically he manipulated me to do certain things and my guidance system felt that it was wrong. I could feel it in my body. I could feel this is not right. But my head was going, but he knows more than you. He's more advanced than you. He's 20 years ahead of you on the path. So what's this going on? So initially I mistrusted myself, which is often the case. And it caused a lot of pain for me, of course. And I got deeper actually into this mess. Oh, yeah. Because that's what happens when you mistrust yourself. And eventually I realized that I needed to absolutely trust myself, even though he was more advanced than me, etc., etc. So this was like a leap of, uh, of faith for me. And I guess it was one of those decisive moments where I realized that I have to listen to my inner 
voice. Yes. Let me ask you, because I this is far more common than it is uncommon, actually, to have teachers like that. Um, what were some of the red flags for you um, that it was like, hmm, he's, he's not looking out for my highest and best interests here? What were some of the manipulation things that you saw? Um, he projected onto me that I was controlling. And he said, you're trying to control here. And of course, part of my process, I did realize that I had a lot of control in me. Anorexia is unbelievably controlling. Yes. <laughs> so I couldn't deny that, yes, there was control, you know. But there's a, there's a, um, a difference between the controller and the part in me who's actually intelligent and in saying, actually, that's my boundary. Mm-hmm. So... Because he knew what I was going through, what I'd gone through, he manipulated me around my own process. Mm. Pointing the finger and, you know, well, you know, you've been an anorexic and anorexics are super controlling. So this is just your control coming out. Ah, yes. (laughs) This This is like mind games for me. It was like, okay, he's got a point, you know, but it still felt wrong. So what to do? Also, he, he lied, and I have a, a absolute zero tolerance for, for lying um, because I realized that on the path of growth, it's all about authenticity. So what are we hiding? We're supposed to be more and more authentic. So this guy basically lied. He said some things in the group uh, which were untrue. I knew them to be untrue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So that was like a big red flag. It was like, ooh, double standard here. Yeah. Alert, alert. <laughs> There's one face to the public and a different face. <laughs> yeah, that is not cool. Yeah. So eventually, what was it that, that you finally said, hmm, got to go? What was it that kind of woke you up and said, okay, we have to part paths? Actually, it was a long process for me. I became depressed with this. It took me two years approximately to process. And I was basically severely disempowered by him. And uh, then I had another spiritual experience. And that spiritual experience was undeniably, it became clear. (laughs) (laughs) This is not the right person to work with. And uh, I... I dropped his energy in a, in a way that was non-violent so he couldn't react negatively. Because people like that, if you drop them suddenly, they can be quite violent, you know, as a kind of a revenge. Yes. And of course, it's an unconscious process in them. Mm-hmm. But I see also, in a way, this was all a training for me to step into my power. Okay. So it's all, you know... Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) We're always exactly where we're supposed to be. Um, Let's circle back a little bit to the ego, because I know a lot of the unhealed healer 
and the manipulator is about something that that I think of as spiritual ego in a lot of ways. It's like I'm more advanced, I'm better than you are, I I'm the Messiah who's going to be here and and set it all right. <laughs> so how how do we know when that kind of spiritual ego has kicked in? How do we know when it's put on the clothes of of high mindedness? It's very easy to spot whenever we feel superior to others. You know, whenever we think, oh, I'm more advanced than this person. Mm -hmm. That's immediately spiritual ego. When we, um, when we think, oh, this person has nothing to teach me, that's obviously spiritual ego, because every situation is constantly teaching us. Yeah, well, and every person in your life is a teacher. Constantly. I'm learning from my clients every day. Continuously. <laughs> I think it's a very dangerous place, actually, the spiritual ego. And it's very common in, in uh, healers and teachers on the path of growth. And to be honest with you, the only play, if you put yourself on a pedestal, the only way to go is to fall. Yeah that pedestal so it's actually a really good idea not to put yourself up there because you're in for a nasty fall and I've seen teachers fall off that pedestal and then they go through a major dark night of the soul and go back to being a builder or something (laughs) (laughs) there's anything wrong with being a builder (laughs) nothing wrong with being a builder (laughs) <laughs> oh my goodness so uh, what if one were to find oneself in that uh, situation i know i've struggled with it from time to time um time to time huh nearly continuously <laughs> um what words of advice do you have for people who are are struggling with those sorts of situations You know, the thing is that, like I said earlier on, the spiritual ego is based on the wound, just like the normal ego. And the spiritual ego, by definition, is based on the wound of pride. It's based on pride. That's what it is. It's like huffing yourself up, blowing yourself up, and going, ah, look, I'm this powerful teacher. You know, that's basically like a rooster walking around, all puffy and stuff. And the wound of pride is got to do with the wound of low self-esteem mm-hmm. automatically. So if there is pride somewhere, there is a place in us, in me, in you, where we haven't been seen, we haven't been heard, we haven't been loved, we haven't been valued. So it's the same. Mm-hmm. If we want to get off that spiritual ego stuff, we need to go and find out, okay, where am I feeling unheard, unseen, unvalued, unloved? Mm-hmm. And then we need to go and take care of that. I know I've spent a great deal of my healing process working through self-esteem issues. I know you've 
struggled with that uh, issue yourself. Mm-hmm. And it always feels like there's a bit of a, I don't know if it's a continuum or, or what it is, or if we're just looking for a shortcut. But finding the balance uh, in I'm valuable and valued and worthy Mm. Um, and what do I want to say that there are always moments when needs collide if you will in any relationship Um, and finding the value of or the balance between I want what I want I have a need I need to set a boundary or whatever and um approaching these negotiations with um, I want to say sensitivity and compassion to the other party and I think there I'm a Libra so I'm always seeing both sides of things I guess that's part of where I'm coming from with this question (laughs) is any of this making sense (laughs) yeah it's not super clear but I, I, I do understand what you're saying I um, it's a a good question and it's a very tricky situation I know exactly what you're saying the the trick well there's no trick actually the what we need to do always is listening to our wounds what is the wound here that I'm not aware of that's somehow trying to maybe heal itself or validate itself because the the ego is very tricky and it hides many different things basically i think as healers we have to work on ourselves Mm -hmm. a lot there's a lot of work to be done yeah i i think kind of the heart of what i was trying to get to um, kind of goes back again to the question of sovereignty. And I, I saw a, a story the other day, I forget who was telling it, um, about someone who, who had come into their sovereign self and that that meant that they didn't have to have regard for anyone else. And it felt like that was another form of like spiritual ego stepping forward and going, I'm sovereign and, you know, this is my world and so I don't have to have regard for anyone else. And that this particular person was smoking on a train and someone had asked them to stop smoking. They're like, I'm sovereign, I can make whatever choice I want. Um, And you can, but that doesn't exempt you from consequences. (laughs) Right? That doesn't sound like sovereignty to me, that sounds like selfishness. (laughs) Yes, and it it sounds a lot like... um, what I want to say, spiritual ego, it's like I, I, I'm totally self-determining. Well, yes, you are, but <laughs> there's, there's a balance here. There's always well, a balance. If you push that argument to the end, uh, you know, we are all one. So in the, in, in the higher chakras, we are all one. So why would we do an action that would be detrimental to another one? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) 
Exactly. Because the spiritual ego got out there and was uh, <laughs> expressing itself. <laughs> so how do we go about giving the ego less, less power? The only way we can give the ego less power is to heal our wounds because it's based on wounds. So when we heal our wounds, then gradually, gradually the ego relaxes. And goes, ah, it's okay. Life is safe. <laughs> I'm safe. I don't, I don't have to defend myself and prop myself up and prove myself and all of that stuff. <laughs> That is lovely. We're getting down to our last few minutes of the show here. Um, if someone wanted to get a hold of you, what would be their best, uh, their best avenue to reach you? Go on my website and there's a contact page there. Fabulous. And her website again is the center of love and enlightenment.net. And that's the British spelling of center, C E N T R E, of love and enlightenment.net. Thank you so much for being with us today and enjoying our exploration of all things egoic and wounded. <laughs> and until next week, go out and live soul first. Thank you for being a part of our program this week. Sovereign Self can be heard live every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Please join host Sophia Renea Morales again next week, right here 